0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. I want to speak to you tonight about hearing the voice of God. And I believe that uh, whatever your walk of life is, uh, whatever you're going through at the moment, whatever uh, things that are going on in your world at the moment, uh, you're in this place tonight, I believe God wants to speak to you. And He's got something for you. And if you open up your heart, no matter who you are, no matter what's going on, God's got something for you tonight, amen? amen. Why don't we pray that we to get into the Word. Holy Spirit, we just invite Your presence in right now. God, we pray, would You speak to us through Your Word. God, would You illuminate things into our heart. And God, we pray that we would leave this place closer to You than when we came in. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Why don't you open your Bibles to uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 24. If it's on your phone, turn it on. If you've got paper, open it up. 2 Kings chapter 6.24, we're also gonna have it up on the screen. And uh, just a quick little uh, point of advice or just a quick spoiler. This is a bit of a dark scripture within the Bible. As I was reading it, I was scratching my head and going, man, this got serious really quick. Uh, So there is a word of warning. We're gonna read it together. Is that all right? Here we go, 2 Kings chapter 6, 24. Talks about the famine in besieged Samaria. Sometime later, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mobilised his entire army and marched up and lay siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for eight shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of seed pods for five shekels. As the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him, help me, my lord, the king. The king replied, if the Lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor, from the wine press? Then he asked her, what's the matter? She answered, this woman said to me, give up your son so we may eat him today. And tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, give up your son so we may eat him. But she had hidden him. When the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes. And as he went along the wall, the people looked and they saw that under his robes, there had sackcloth on his body. He said, may God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha, son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today. Then we jump to the next chapter, chapter 7. It talks about the siege being lifted. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, Why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, well, there's famine in there and we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we'll live. And if they kill us, we'll die. "'At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. "'When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there, "'for the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear a sound of chariots and horses and a great army. "'So they said to one another, "'Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us.' "'So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys, "'and they left the camp as it was and ran for their lives.' The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents, and ate and drank. Then they took the silver, gold, and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid it also. These guys are hustlers. Then they said to each other, what we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. Long story short, they go and they tell the Israelites about what's happened. And then the Israelites go and plunder the enemy camp. You know, when I was reading this the other day, Like, my eyes almost popped out of my head. Like, you can't make this stuff up, right? Like, this is the stuff that you would see in in a movie. I, I was reading it, and it just took me on this roller coaster. Of emotion, right? Like, here's this this kingdom, and they're, they're, they're being uh, surrounded by this enemy camp, the Arameans, and, and they're stuck inside the city, and they can't get out because they're going to get attacked, and so they're stuck in here, and I'm assuming that their farming would be outside of the city walls, and so because they can't go out there because they'll get attacked, there's no food coming in, and so they're, they're in there for a long time, and the prices of food starts going up till they start eating donkeys, and then it gets worse, and then you've got the this woman who ends up giving her her son up to be eaten. This is crazy. This is ridiculous stuff. And it's in the Bible. Like how crazy is that? And then it just cuts to this other scene of these guys with leprosy chilling outside the wall. Like the picture I get is they're there. Maybe they've got a bag of Doritos, some LMP. And they're kind of like, man, we're going to die. And we're going to die in there, we're going to die here, we're just going to die no matter what, so we may as well go surrender, and we might have this small chance that we'll survive. So they go and surrender to the enemy, but when they go to surrender, the enemy's not there, because God's confused the enemy, right, it just, just keeps layer upon layer, God's confused the enemy to the point where they hear a sound of chariots, and they run away, but there's no chariots, they just hear it. So they run away and they leave their tents there. And then you've got these guys with leprosy and they're like, we've got a great opportunity right now. And so they start plundering and hiding, like go and stash it over here. Man, oh, man Doritos, L&P, all the nomius treats. We're gonna steal this. We're gonna go hide it, silver, gold, everything. And they're just going back and forth, running trips, like hustling hard. And then they're like, we're gonna get in trouble. We better go tell someone. So they go and tell the Israelites about what has happened. It's quite an intense story, isn't it? It's got a bit of everything. All it needs is a love story and it would be complete. (laughs) You know, this account is what I want to look at tonight. And the title of my message is White Noise. You know, we've been in this series last week, this week, Pastor Matt preached an amazing story, uh, an amazing message on profit and loss. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? And we're talking about the pursuits of life. And you know, I, I would submit to you tonight that in our pursuits, the things that God has called us to do, the things that we're believing for, one of the things that would hold us back from our pursuits is not always a malicious intent. It's not always a conscious decision to do the wrong thing, but it can Simply be becoming distracted by the ins and outs, the everyday motions of life, where we just get caught up in the white noise of everything and we actually miss out on the things that we should be pursuing. You know, white noise, by very definition, is a meaningless or distracting commotion. It's the noise containing many frequencies with equal intensities. It's a constant background noise, especially one that drowns out other sounds. You know, sometimes unintentionally in the busyness of it all, the voice of God can just get drowned out because we've got this voice and we've got this voice and this is going on and that's going on. And we're there and we get so distracted by these things, we miss the still small voice. We miss that moment where he's there and he's He's trying to speak to us. We We miss that opportunity to catch the whisper of the Holy Spirit. And he's there and he says, hey, I wanna speak to you but there's all this other noise going on. It's like, just catch the whisper. I wanna speak to you. I got something for you. But in the everyday motions of life, we can get caught up in the white noise. So tonight, I wanna look at three actions that will help us in our pursuits of life. Three actions that will help us in our pursuits of life. If you take your notes, write this down. Point number one, we need to identify the noise. We need to identify the the noise. In this account, 2 Kings 6, 26 to 29, we read it just before, it says, As the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried to him, Help me, my lord the king. The king replied, If the Lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor, from the wine press. Then he asked her, What's the matter? She answered, This woman, this other woman said to me, Give up your son, so we may eat him today, and tomorrow we we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, give up your son so we may eat him, but she'd hidden him. You know, this woman brings a problem to the king and she brings her story to the king and she begins to tell him that that this other lady had promised this thing to her. And by way of that, she'd given up her son, something that was unthinkable. And as I'm reading this scripture, I just can't help but just to see like this woman, has basically done the same, if not worse, much worse, than, than someone telling her to jump off a cliff and actually doing it. You see, the problem that she had was that she failed to identify the noise. See, she failed to identify when someone was peddling rubbish, when someone was telling her something to do something that would not enhance her life, but would actually pull her back. And because she failed to identify the noise, she found herself in a predicament that was unthinkable. You know, in life, if we don't identify the noise, we're at danger of becoming victim to it. Just like this woman. Because she didn't identify the noise, the rubbish, the stuff that wasn't gonna enhance her world, enhance her pursuits, she found herself in a predicament where she had become victim to the noise she failed to identify. The application in our our lives is we need to identify when a peer or a person in our world is peddling some rubbish that we shouldn't engage in. It could be the noise of someone telling you to get a bigger mortgage than you can afford. It could be the the noise of materialism, flashy cars, expensive clothes, credit card debts. It it could be the noise of friends telling you to chase a potential relationship that's gonna end up in a bad place. It it could be the, the noise around certain life choices that the Bible clearly outlines as sin, but we go for it anyway because we failed to identify the noise. If we fail to identify unhealthy noise, unhealthy voices, we're in danger of becoming victim to it. Think on these things for a moment. You know, the Bible says in Matthew seven fifteen to 16, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognise them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? You know, the enemy, he loves to dress up rubbish in a fancy covering, he loves to dress up just, just absolute rubbish for our lives in a way that makes it look nice. And if we don't identify the noise, if we don't identify the bad voices, those bad suggestions, we can find ourselves engaging in things that are not going to produce good fruit in our life. The woman we read about gave up her son because she listened to the noise for so long that she actually failed to recognize it. You, you know, um, when I was younger, uh, I was sharing a few weeks ago how I was working in the building industry and uh, we were doing a, a, a job um, up in a place called Mary Jig and Geelong Grammar has a campus up there, right, where they send all their feral year nine students for the year to go live up there, right? It's a great idea. And... Um, <laughs> It's like that, that, that year where it's like they're just sort of working out who they are and it's like, they're just, they're just all intensities. So they'll just, just send them, banish them over to there. And basically they send them up from Geelong up to this eco retreat up in the mountains near Mount Buller. And uh, we were building these eco-retreats where these year nine students would have to go and cut firewood and put it into a fireplace. And if they didn't cut the firewood, they couldn't light the fire, which heated their water for their shower. And so like these students are learning life skills. And so we're out there building these eco-retreats and it was all good. Um, But one of the problems was that at the time we were out there, um, there was an insect in season called cicadas. Anyone heard of cicadas? I think I've got a picture up on the screen they're like this little demon insect and uh, they make a crazy sound and uh, they gather in hordes of thousands. And so the sound is multiplied. They say that the sound can get up to 120 decibels. Now you think the worship is loud in the 9 a.m. service? You wait till you hear the cicadas, right? <laughs> 120 decibels is quite loud. And I remember building when these cicadas are chirping away, who knows the sound, give me a wave. It's intense. It's intense. And I began to go a little bit crazy. Man, I was just, I mean, it cooked me, it fried me. And I'd go to sleep and I'd hear the sound of cicadas chirping. I'd get up and I'd hear the sound of cicadas chirping and and it was like human torture. But I remember after a few weeks of doing this, I began to not even notice that they were making the sound because I'd been in that environment for so long, that sound just kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. And and I just didn't even notice it. And, And you know, for me, At that point, my ears had become so accustomed to what I was hearing, no longer could I actually discern whether it was a good noise or a bad noise. It was just a noise. And you know, when we listen to the same thing long enough, it can actually impeach on our ability to discern whether it's good or bad. And when we keep feeding that thing in and it just keeps chipping away and people just keep saying the same thing, it can actually affect our discernment. And so we need to have a reset where we go back to the Word and we say, God, why don't you show me what you're saying? I'm going to listen to what you're doing here so that I can actually discern whether that's good or bad. You see, as Christ followers, our point of reference when deciding what's a healthy pursuit or not, it's not what the media says. It's not what Facebook says. It's not what pop culture says, but it's what the Bible says. Someone say amen in this place. You know, if we want our lives to produce good fruit, we need to identify noise. And we need to identify when it's rubbish and choose not to engage. We've got to identify the noise. Point number two tonight, if you're taking notes, write this down. We've got to shut out the noise. Shut out the noise. In this account that we read, chapter 6, 30 to 31, it says, when the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes. And as he went along the wall, the people looked and they saw that under his robes, he had sackcloth on his body. He said, may God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha, son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today. You know, what we just read just then was uh, the king's response to a horrific story. But what actually overwhelmed Uh, his emotions at that time, even more than what he was hearing was his frustration of Elisha. You see, Elisha probably would have presented an idea to, to have unyielding resistance to this enemy that was out there. He's telling the people, don't give in, don't cave, don't give up, God's gonna come through. But here's this king and he's there and he's frustrated because he's got this prophet that just keeps saying God's gonna do something. But up until that point, they hadn't been delivered. And so he's frustrated, he's angry. And I love in this account, we see Elisha, this perfect depiction of what it looks like to hang on to what God wants to do, even when everyone around you is coming against you and saying you're crazy. Maybe you're believing for something in your life And your friends who who don't know God yet, haven't found faith yet, they go, man, that's rubbish, all this stuff. Why are you believing for that? Why are you believing for healing? The doctors have said this and this and this. Man, God can't heal you, but we just keep hanging on. We just keep hanging on. Even when people say that we can't get breakthrough, we hang on because we know what God has said He would do. You know, I like that even in that moment, when the king was against Elisha, Elisha stayed fixed on what God would do. You know, John 15, 19, it speaks about being in the world, but not of it. Anyone heard of that phrase before, be in the world, but not of it? Um, Ever thought about what that looks like practically? Like how does that actually outwork when it comes to the way that we live our life? Let me show you something quickly. I I got these headphones here from Brother Ramon, basically the world's nicest guy. (laughs) They're noise-canceling headphones. And uh, noise-canceling headphones are great when you're on an aeroplane. There's that low rumbling frequency from the turbines of the jets. And uh, you can put these on when you're on an aeroplane. And it cuts out the sound of that white noise in the background. And you're there and you could hear someone talking near you, but it cuts out all the rubbish, all that other frequency. Now, you know, when it comes to being in the well but not of it, it's quite similar that we need to live life with noise-cancelling headphones on. You know, when someone begins to you know, try to convince you to compromise on your convictions, on goes the noise-canceling headphones, I'm gonna cut out the white noise. When someone tries to tell you to put value on fleeting things that will not enhance your pursuits, on goes the headphones, I'm gonna cut out the white noise. When when people tell you that you've gone too far, you've made too many mistakes, no one could ever love you, you could never come back from this, on goes the headphones and you start listening to what God says instead of other people. And you start saying, God, I might've made mistakes, but I know that your word says that I can have forgiveness and he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And that if you're for me, who can be against me? So I'm not going to listen to the other noise. I'm going to shut it out. I'm going to put the noise cancelling headphones of life on, and I'm going to tune in to what you have for me. You see, we got to be in the world, but not of it. It means that as we live life, we don't let the noise of others begin to affect our walk with God, but we tune in to what he's saying. We listen to good godly people in our world. We take on the collective advice of those who fear God and we live life without the noise. Can I provoke for a few moments? Thank you for that sweeping agreement. You know, when it comes to hearing the voice of God, there are things that will help you to hear with greater clarity but there are also things that will create numbness in your hearing. It it, it will stifle your ability to hear. There are certain things that actually hold back our ability to hear from God. You know what I'm talking about? It's that whole kind of thing of like what you feed into your life determines what will be produced. You know, my wife, my beautiful wife down the front, Aylin and I, uh, we made a commitment a number of years ago. Basically, in fact, I can't even remember a time without it, where we, before we would watch any movie, would jump on an app called IMDb internet movie database. And uh, we would go into the parent's guide of that movie and we would check if there were sex scenes. We would check if there was crazy amounts of swearing. We would check if, if there was heads exploding and all different stuff like this. And we would make a decision whether we wanted to feed what that movie was spitting out into our life or whether we wanted to avoid it. And so we made a decision. We weren't gonna watch trash because we didn't wanna live in a place of numbness when it comes to hearing the voice of God. When we drive our car, we have 89.9, the positive alternative, tuned into our radio. And I'm listening to other radio stations because you know what? Sometimes there's better beats, but when a a bad song comes on, I'm going to the positive alternative because I'm going to shut out the noise because I don't want that stuff in my life. I want the positive alternative. (laughs) The places that we go. The things that we do as Christians, the shows that we watch, we're making a decision to shut out the noise. What you feed into your life determines what will come from it. Are you guys with me tonight? Who's getting something out of this? All right, point number three, got to tune in, you're hearing. Tune in, you're hearing. I want to invite the band up, make it spiritual up here. 2 Kings 7, 6, later on in this passage, it says, For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and their donkeys and left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. You know, here's this army, the Arameans. They're about to get victory. and the, the Israelites, they're trapped and they're starving, and I reckon they're about ready to fold. They're about ready to cave. And then you've got the Arameans, and they hear the sound of a large army. Now, some scholars say that the sound they heard was the, the roaring of the wind coming through the mountains. And if you go back to that place still to this day, you can you can apparently hear that sound. I haven't been there myself, but that's what they say. Uh, other scholars say that that it was uh, literally angels coming and making that sound to throw them off the scent and confuse them and send them to another place. Now, however God did it, I think it's a pretty cool thing, right? That here's an army, they're about to get victory and God confuses them and they run away. But, uh, you know, I, I like that God does this to them and He confuses what they're hearing to actually bring victory to His people. You know, God can bring victory into our worlds, even when it feels like we've got no hope. He can confuse our enemies. He can actually uh, lead them down a different direction away from us. I I get excited about that. But let me just take a different angle for a moment. You know, I know in this account that, that God did that to bring freedom for the Israelites. But put yourself in the shoes of the other army for a moment. Here's an army who was so close to having victory, They were right there about to have breakthrough. Man, this this kingdom, they're they're, they're going crazy inside behind the walls. They're just out there at their camp. Any moment, any day, they would have had victory. Yet simply because they misheard something, they missed out on the victory that they were about to get. You know, in life, sometimes the same thing can happen to us, that we're about to get victory, we're about to get breakthrough. But because we don't discern correctly, because we don't hear correctly, we can actually miss out on the breakthrough we're about to have. Now, I know in this account, God did it for a reason. It's amazing, it's an awesome story, has a great outcome. But just think about that for a moment. Sometimes we're right on the edge of breakthrough. Sometimes we're right on the edge of victory. But if our ears are not in tune for what's happening, we can miss out on that moment. You know, I wanna ask you tonight, How well are your ears in tune to the frequency of heaven? You wanna know how to cut out the white noise? That which represents the thing that will pull you away from the pursuits God has put you on earth to achieve. You wanna know how to cut that out? Well, then you gotta tune in to the frequency of heaven. You know, there's a concept that psychologists have coined. It's quite interesting. It's called confirmation bias, right? Confirmation bias. Let me read to you a little bit about what this is. It's the tendency to search for, interpret, favour and recall information in a way that affirms one's prior beliefs or hypothesis. People display this bias when they gather or remember information selectively or when they interpret it in a biased way. The effect is stronger for desired outcomes, for emotionally charged issues and for deeply entrenched beliefs. In short, when it comes to hearing The voice of God, we need to be careful that we're not interpreting what He's saying through the lens of our own bias or our own agendas to suit what we want, but we're actually listening to what He's saying to us. How often do we have this thing that we want and we're listening for the voice of God and He says something, but we interpret it in a way that fits within what we want? But I would submit that we can't just interpret it in the way that fits our agenda or fits our comfortability, but we actually listen to what He's saying and we respond. You know, I've heard a lot of people ask the question, but how do you know if you're hearing correctly? It's a very valid question, isn't it? We gotta put it through a filter. You know, um, when you're hearing the voice of God, there's a couple of different ways you can hear it. There's the of the voice of God, the Rhema Word of God, it's God speaking directly to you. And there's a Logos Word of God, it's the Bible. Now, they refer to the Logos Word of God as the well, the Rhema Word of God being a bucket that's gone into the well and given you that bucket of water. Now, sometimes when we hear the voice of God, the Rhema Word of God, directly into our situation, we try to interpret it and we're like, God, what are you trying to say? But how do I know if I'm hearing correctly? Well, this is a great place to start. If you're hearing the voice of God and it contradicts the Logos word of God, then you're not hearing the word of God. If it contradicts the Bible, it's not the word of God. See, God wouldn't do something that contradicts himself. It's not in his character. So if you're hearing God tell you to do something that doesn't line up with this, then you're not hearing the word of God. Kick me off the stage. We gotta start knowing our word so that we can discern what God is saying. If you don't know the Word of God, your discernment is going to be very minimal. But if you know the character of God through reading His Word and knowing His Scripture, then your ability to discern what He's saying through the rhema Word of God is going to be so much greater. Church, we got to get better at this. we got to know the Word of God if we want to be able to interpret His voice clearly. Someone say amen in this place. So I've told you how to discern the voice of God. But the other question tonight is how do I hear His voice more? Maybe you're here and you're going, man, it's just numb. Well, I really want to hear the Word. And I've been praying, I've been asking Him, but I'm just hearing crickets. I'm just hearing cicadas. How do I hear it? Well, that's actually quite simple. You've got to create space for it. You've got to create space for God to speak to you. If you don't spend time in His presence, how are you going to hear His voice? See, creating space for God to speak to you is the greatest step you can take in hearing the voice of God. You're actually going, God, I'm going to position myself tonight to hear your voice. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.